Welcome, and thanks for tuning in for our first episode of the Sitecore Water Cooler, the casual conversation podcast dedicated to covering all things related to Sitecore product updates, full site builds, suggestions and insights, and getting the most out of your Sitecore investment and more. I'm your host, John Price, Sitecore Practice Director and MVP at AmericanEagle.com. To set the stage for today's topic, we're going to be talking about existing Sitecore clients and the decision-making process to upgrade or rebuild your solution. Honestly, hundreds of clients find themselves in this situation today. This is not just a Sitecore decision, but a technology challenge in general. Technology and software changes by the day, which in the end is a great thing. However, it does call a lot of directions you can possibly go. If you are on a certain software that you built upon, let's say about four years ago, an incredible amount has changed since then. Four years ago in software is honestly equivalent to about 10 or 20 years in let's say the automobile industry. The moral of the story here is, if you are on Sitecore and are at a crossroads on what to do, you have numerous options. You aren't stuck. To discuss this topic further with me today, I'm joined by Bill Rourke, Senior Account Executive and Sitecore Expert at AmericanEagle.com. Bill, welcome to the show. Great to be here, John. Bill, let's just dive right into it. So you face similar conversations like this with Sitecore clients every day. To get us kicked off, what are some other things you may be hearing and what are some of the options Sitecore clients have to evaluate something like this? Well, uh, a lot of clients right now are hearing things either in the media, reading things like AI, machine learning, increased personalization. So they have a lot of questions about their current Sitecore environment. Is it capable of even doing such things? Um, am I set up properly? So what we like to do to kind of kick things off with clients initially is, is perform an audit. So we'll look at things like uh, page speed, for example. We'll look at their Sitecore environment. Uh, how it was set up. We'll take a deep dive as to the, the versioning, what current license they have and the capabilities of that license. Take a look at things like uh, error logs, for example. And then there are other things beyond Sitecore that we can take a look at, uh, including SEO, ADA compliance, and really take a holistic view of their current website and content management system. I love that. You know, on the audit front, I mean, the reality is there are many things to consider, like you just mentioned, especially if you haven't upgraded or refactored the solution, you know, let's just say the past few years, right? The first thing, you know, I want to point out is code base, you know, how solid is the code under the hood? And breaking that down further is, you know, what can remain as is, what needs to be refactored, you know, what should be completely redone, you know, and it's not really just upgrade versus rebuild. There's intermediate steps that can be taken. Some of those topics, like you mentioned, is like SEO. The second aspect is development approach, right? You know, some of these Sitecore clients might be using SXA. Um, their solution could be built in Helix um, in MVC, or maybe they were built four years ago and they're on web forms. So a lot to consider there. And then I'm glad you brought up licensing models. Sitecore has changed incredibly over the past four or five years in great ways. So from the licensing side, um, Sitecore clients are entitled to either be on a perpetual license, which they're limited by the amount of installs they have or products they can use, or they may be on subscription uh, where they can sell as many instances as they want. So let's let's hone in on the Sitecore upgrade for a second, Bill. Let's say after this audit process, you know, beyond the audit you mentioned, how should Sitecore clients approach an upgrade if it's determined that is the correct way to go? Well, one of the things that they should really take a look at is their current uh, information architecture. When was the last time that has been taken a serious look at? When was the last time they took a look at their uh, personas? Do they even have personas set up? Content is a huge thing too, that you don't just want to upgrade for the sake of upgrading. You want to take the upgrade opportunity as a time to improve and make enhancements to your site. So take a look at your content and then also take a look at your, your current tech stack. Is your website currently integrated with your CRM, things like Salesforce? Are there marketing platforms that are integrated or are maybe siloed that you're looking to integrate it? So 
we don't just jump right in again to do an upgrade for the sake of doing an upgrade. We're going to take a, a very holistic approach at your entire environment, your entire digital environment, and make some well-rounded suggestions based on, on the facts that we find and your overall goals and and um, opportunities for that upgrade. That's fantastic. A lot of topics to unpack there, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I think one very common misconception about technology upgrades in themselves is the mindset. That's the only piece that is needed. Let's just upgrade version to version, and that's all we need to do. I mean, the upgrade itself, as you mentioned a little bit before, is it will expose features that you could hypothetically use. However, if you are built, again, using one of these older technologies on web forms, and not built to best practices, you are going to need some level of refactor to your solution. Um, you know, I'll just take a quick example. One very common reality of some of these solutions that have been around for a number of years is they weren't optimized for experience editor. It was never taken into account for the build on these older solutions. So if you want to properly take advantage of these newer features, whether it's component level personalization or A-B testing, there are aspects that are likely going to need to be refactored. So as part of that audit process, the upgrade assessment process, those are things that should be pointed out and taken in um, as part of the implementation. So, Bill, let's say a client did the audit and upgrade assessment and their solution is built recently, properly configured, and they are taking advantage of the platform. How often do you think Sitecore clients should upgrade their solution? Well, Sitecore usually comes out uh, just about every year with some sort of major upgrade. They do make minor upgrades a couple times a year, it seems, and we anticipate that to continue. So, for companies that really want to have the the best, the fastest, the newest, um, really make the most out of their license. I mean, they're paying, especially companies that are looking to get the most out of their platform, they're paying that money, they should make the most out of that money. And uh, there's minor upgrades that they can do. And that really also comes down to, to budgeting. Anyone that has a solution, whether it's Sitecore or another content management system, should always budget every year for enhancements, patches, upgrades, and those are a lot of things that we can do. Uh, we can set up pretty much automatically here at AmericanEagle.com, so they don't have, to, uh, don't have to worry about that. But that's one of the things that I see too as a salesperson uh, where companies might have a very old version, again, whether it's Sitecore or another content management system where they didn't budget for these uh, patches and upgrades, and now it's become a major process. So having that budget every year to uh, perform the necessary maintenance is, is definitely key, not only for your organization, but also for your website's uh, short and long-term health. That's great to point out. I honestly couldn't agree more. I mean, upgrading it each year, I think will definitely make the process simpler. And again, if things do need to be refactored or reconfigured, they'll be much more easily able to do so and be handled in bite-sized chunks. So whether it's component by component, template by template, or a combination thereof of whatever the functionality may be. And one thing I urge for all Cycro clients is to get rid of this all-or-nothing mentality, right? If your solution does need some level of refactor, doing these upgrades yearly, doing it in bite-sized, these small chunks, and if you prioritize them in order of level of magnitude that will impact your business, that's simply the best way to go. If you put these off for a number of years, they just simply become a little bit harder and harder. Yeah, absolutely. Beyond the maintenance aspect of a Sitecore upgrade, Bill, let's hone in on some products. So what are some product reasons why Sitecore clients would want to upgrade to something like Sitecore 10? We're seeing a lot of, of companies, again, I touched on it earlier, that are really looking to integrate external programs, things like Salesforce, things like HubSpot, to really enhance the marketing capabilities of their website. So the newest version of Sitecore, uh, Sitecore 10, has a lot of advanced personalization features, things like SXA, 
make it a lot easier to build things faster, build pages faster, faster. They talk about quite a bit companies that have sites overseas, multinational corporations, for example, it's a lot easier for companies to create multilingual sites uh, in the latest version of Sitecore. But the big thing we're also seeing too, is a lot of companies want to go headless. So that's another great advantage of it. And, you know, things like I touched on the Salesforce aspect of it too, that Salesforce connector is, is really seamless. And it's a great selling tool to really um, kind of hyper power and, and turn your website into that sales and marketing engine that so many companies want these days. It's no longer just the product brochure site. It's no longer, here's just some information about our company. The smart companies are turning these into lead generation engines, personalizing the messages that come across on their website when people are visiting their website, and then also offering a, you know additional uh, features for sales marketing automation. So there's really a whole host of, of great reasons to, to really make that upgrade to, to 10 if they haven't done so already. A lot of great points there. Let, let me unpack a few of those. So you mentioned headless and performance, speed to market. I mean, I think with COVID-19, I think that's more important than ever. Companies are changing their business model. They need to get changes and content out very quickly. I think Sitecore's introduction of the JavaScript services, also referred to as JSS, is a fantastic technology to do so, right? It's a front-end first technology, right? Lower code, less dependence on programmers. You know, it's great for landing pages, provisioning microsites, and it's just simply a great way to expand your site core instance. Especially when we talk about performance, they're incredibly fast. Obviously, Google's taken more um, into account mobile's performance, page speed, and JSS is a great way to address those. So definitely something to consider with an upgraded tenant using JSS for future development. Another thing you mentioned, Bill, is this aspect of like artificial intelligence, Cortex. Sitecore has a few technologies. They have even more now with 451 bucks ever. But with Sitecore AI and Sitecore Cortex, these are, I think, some very well underutilized products in the market, especially for existing Sitecore clients, right? A lot of Sitecore clients are in complex industries like healthcare, fintech, right? They have large amounts of content, a lot of complex content, and they may, you know, they maybe you know, struggle a little bit to keep up with tagging and content updates, where like Sitecore Cortex can definitely help them, right? So, Bill, I can think of that one client we're, we're currently working with in the mortgage industry. We have hundreds, thousands of pages that need to be tagged. You can simply point Sitecore Cortex at it. It'll simply just come back with a tag cloud and a number of tags for the marketers. So I think when we talk about scalability, just simply time the market, I think those technologies can definitely help. And then you mentioned personalization in Salesforce. Let's touch on the personalization aspect first. With Sitecore AI, you know, I think many organizations on all these platforms have struggled to scale personalization, where yeah. Sitecore AI can definitely help recommend content, recommend segmentation. It can definitely just help marketing teams, especially those that have struggled with resourcing and aspects along those lines. And finally, with the Salesforce connector, this is an incredibly hot topic right now. Individuals are simply just expecting content for them quicker, the Amazon experience, right? I think the most most existing Sitecore clients have dabbled with implicit tracking and personalization. You've mentioned they've created goals, they've created personas, maybe haven't kept up with them. However, with this Salesforce connector in Sitecore, this is simply going to allow organizations to push and pull known user data, as you mentioned, for explicit personalization. So think about a user, they've logged in, they filled out a form, I know their name, I know their email. Email, I know their context, right? And honestly, this explicit personalization with this connector just simply has a higher ROI for the effort put in. So it simply has more bang for your buck 
than implicit personalization. And especially with organizations, as I mentioned, again, that have dabbled with it, I would definitely encourage to try this out. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about that personalization. I think that is, is so key moving forward for most organizations. I know we've talked about before another company that we work with that is a Sitecore client that does a lot with personalization. So whenever somebody comes back to the site, they know what products they've ordered, maybe some suggestions for uh, additional products to complement those. If it's a service, maybe it's time for a new service. So it, it's really intuitive. It's very smart. And it uh, really makes your clients understand that you know their business and that you understand their needs right when they come from the site and right when they go to the site and that they don't necessarily have to dig around on that site to find the information that they're ultimately looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other aspect of that is it also provides marketers more content to make decisions with, right? We can pull in Salesforce data like list segmentation into Sitecore. But then Salesforce users can simply use things like Sitecore personas and goals to make more informed decisions from the Salesforce automation side. So definitely an incredibly exciting time we're living in. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one aspect I want to mention just about the tech stack um, before we move on here is Sitecore Experience Accelerator. You know, especially with the times we're living in, accessibility is becoming much more important. Think about things like readability, usability, you know, just being able to navigate a site with just with your keyboard. SXA is now taking into account of things like WCAG 2.1 AA standards. So if you're in an organization, especially one that's being targeted, dare I say it for lawsuits and things like that by ambulance chasers in this industry right now. Uh, so I think Sitecore SXA is definitely a good option for, um, you know, helping refactor some of your solution. Yeah, that's that's a great point. We're seeing a lot of interest from clients clients, I would say maybe two years ago, they had no idea what ADA compliance or WCAG 2.0 or 2.1 meant. And given the fact that so many people have been working from home or forced to use the internet because they can't go to company stores anymore, that this has become a huge issue. So anything to help manage and mitigate being non-compliant is a tool that all companies should definitely have and utilize. Fantastic point. And I'm going to take just take a second here to explain just, you know, Sitecore's licensing model, because we've talked a lot about upgrades. We've talked a lot about some of these capabilities. So I'm going to take a little bit of a fork in the road and talk about licensing for a second. So, you know, this is a bit of a polarizing topic in the Sitecore community, especially if a client's been on Sitecore for a number of years, let's just say three plus years. You know, they could be on old perpetual licensing model or simply bought Sitecore before some of these recent product acquisitions, right? So what I would say to part of the argument is all these software companies are developing new features to keep clients on the platform and to sell new features. This is just simply how they stay in business. So one important distinction about Sitecore currently is that they are not SaaS. So SaaS meaning software as a service. So you do not receive on-the-fly updates to all of their products. But the good news is Sitecore is heading that way, but they're not there yet. So currently, if you've purchased a license before they've released Sitecore Experience Accelerator, the JSS services, Sitecore AI, Cortex, and now even Content Hub, Box Ever, and 451, the list is growing, you need mm -hmm. to purchase these add-ons. And I definitely urge all Sitecore clients to simply check these products out and how they can help their business. The final point I'll make here is, you know, some Sitecore clients I talk to may get even a bit peeved about this. But again, it's no different than purchasing a 2019 car. And now 2020 has new features that you need to pay for. The one example I'll give is Tesla even now charges $300 for their home link garage door opener, which basically every other car in the universe is coming with. So that's an entirely different argument for another day. But the long and short of this long-winded tirade is in your yearly budget, don't just budget for the actual upgrades of the software, but simply carve out a little bit of a side budget for purchasing some of these ongoing features that get the most out of these platforms. Let's shift here a bit from upgrades. So let's talk about rebuilds. So let's take another scenario here. So after an audit you know, or discovery process, 
we realize the best path forward isn't a sidecore upgrade, but a ground up rebuild. You know, the client finds themselves with one of these criteria. The code base has many things that need to be redone. You know, they're not using a SXA Helix. They could be on web forms and maybe they were even built before version eight. What would be some of the next step in assessing what to do here? Yeah, it would definitely be a, a discovery process that we would go through. We have a very well-defined process here at AmericanEagle.com. We have a very large strategy team as well, where we would sit down with the client, take the results of the audit, assuming we have already conducted the audit for them, and really go over the gaps. So are they utilizing personalization? Is that something that's on their roadmap? Are they looking to expand e-commerce? Are they even doing e-commerce? So there's a whole checklist of things that we need to review with them first before proposing that, you know, that next solution. But we would, you know, certainly want to spend as much time as possible with their team. All the stakeholders clearly identify the goals and objectives for the new site, put together some timelines, maybe a one, three, five-year plan for that website, and make sure that we're constantly hitting those benchmarks uh, each year and that we've set up a path for success for that. So again, it's a very involved process that we've refined over the 25 years that we've been building websites. So we don't just jump right into these things. Uh, we're very data-driven with our decisions. So we're gonna ask clients for basic things like Google Analytics, but if they have more advanced platforms that are providing data to them, we're gonna wanna take a look at that in our process as well. That's great. And just even expand upon that, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Good opportunity to re-examine just as what is working well in general for the business and what is not, you know, what are those gaps? It's definitely a good time in these types of situations to look at. So also a good time to re-examine your Sitecore stack in general and your Sitecore license, as you mentioned. You know, I think just to expand upon it, right? As part of this discovery process from the technical side, right? You know, if we dive a little deep, deeper into the technical detail, it's inventorying all your existing components and data, making sure they match up with these business goals and just the general goals of the organization. I think the one nice thing as well about these Sitecore to Sitecore migrations is the data piece, right? Should be very straightforward. It's SQL to SQL. It's data source to data source. So it's definitely not, I would definitely would not consider it like it's a full blown digital transformation project, but it's again, definitely a brand new technology that you can use for your business. And as we mentioned, it's the opportunity to take examine which technologies should be used. So Bill, you mentioned a little bit before about Salesforce or even HubSpot. Salesforce has that connector, but with Sitecore can definitely integrate with other platforms like Microsoft Dynamics, HubSpot, um, and many others. So again, with Sitecore, don't feel like you're basically built into a box. It's a framework and you can basically integrate with anything you want. So that discovery process will definitely help with some of that decision-making criteria that you mentioned. And just to kind of wrap up the, the rebuild side of it, Bill, so I'm just going to go on a little bit of a tangent here again, but you know, it's a lot of this is about which core technologies should you build on, right? So I think that discovery and strategy process will definitely help, but this should be based obviously on your business requirements, right? For e-commerce, if you're B2C, Sycor Commerce may be the best route to go. If you're B2B, 451 is now appearing the best way to go. But as far as the rest of the Sycor tech stack, there are many options, right? If you are a front-end development-focused company, going that headless and Jamstack route could be the best way to go. Um, you can expose the data, style it however you want from the front-end framework. But if you are a content-heavy company with frequent content updates and don't fit into that front-end development focus, you have the option of going Sitecore Experience Accelerator or Content Hub. Either of these will give you immense power to run your business, but both have headless methods to expose data to other channels, such as Content as a Service for Content Hub or data exchange framework with SXA. So there's a lot to consider for sure, but I think the main point here is define your business requirements first and then pick the technology after that to fit those business requirements. 
Yeah, and you don't have to feel like you need to make these decisions on your own. We have many people here at AmericanEagle.com that would be more than happy to sit down with you, sit down with your stakeholders, and again, help you roadmap because that seems to be the, the biggest block. Again, on a lot of these introductory calls that I have with clients, especially Sitecore clients, because there's so much that you can do with the platform that they don't really know where to start. And I think that's where your expertise and your team's expertise really comes into play, that we're able to confidently convey to them uh, what options within Sitecore might be best for them, because you just stated pretty much their entire universe and there's so much that can be done. So is every single thing within the Sitecore universe right for every company? No, but should companies take a serious and hard look at each one of them? Absolutely, because they'll benefit your company in, in ways that you might not be seeing benefits right now. But uh, again, we're here to help. We're here to provide that guidance. Uh, first and foremost, we wanna make sure that you find that, that fit that works best. And then we'll kind of start you on that journey down to whether it's an upgrade, whether it's a replatform, or whether it's building that brand new site for you. We've, we've got all the experts here to help. I really like what you said about roadmapping there, Bill, because it definitely is not just on a day-to-day -day basis. It's on a quarterly basis. It's on an annual basis. So helping match up the business requirements to how the tech stack is evolving is definitely essentially critical. And it, it's never a, a set and forget or a build and forget here. Once the site is is built, we, we are continuing to provide those uh, ideas, enhancements, upgrades, making sure your company is staying on top of, of where technology is going so you don't have these big capital intensive projects every couple years that your company is always staying on, on top of the best and most effective technologies that are out there. Really appreciate your insight. Bill, I greatly appreciate your time today. Yeah, it was Thank great being here. Thanks for swinging by the Sitecore water cooler. Hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, look forward to more chats. Thanks, Bill. We'll see you. Thanks again to Bill for joining us today on the Sitecore Water Cooler Podcast, a casual conversation between colleagues and peers centered around all things Sitecore. I'm your host, John Price, and until next time we meet at the Water Cooler, be sure to subscribe to the Sitecore Water Cooler Podcast today wherever you find your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios, with special thanks to executive producers Renee Nelson and Julia Klepich.